It's time for JT the Brick. Everybody plays powder puff football with this guy. George Atkinson would come out of the safety position, line up against Russ Francis, punch him in the mouth, grab him to the ground. That's how they stopped him, and it worked. JT the Brick. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, you got to fill up. you got to play at the highest level. You're not going to win in this league. That's all. Just expect us. Keep doing it because I don't want no love. So we're on top. We're going to remember who the real ones were who had our back. And I love it. This is the Raider way, the only way. And Raider Nation, all of you can hear me. And now, here's JT the Brick. JT, if we continue here, hour number two on Friday. Hope everybody has a tremendous Easter weekend. Everybody enjoys what's happening here in Vegas. I'm going to head down to the link and get a good look at what that stage setup looks like for what we're going to be doing the following week. A uh, very quick week next week as we tell you where we're going to be out on the road with Modelo. Uh, this hour brought to you by Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo, as they put me on the strip for Thursday. Next Thursday's the day, everybody. That's countdown. We'll be live on the strip at a location outside Caesars. I'll give you all the details on that from noon to 2, the way it's planned. And then I'm over at the Raiders event at Dre's from 3 to 8 o'clock. And then uh, the next night, Friday night at M, M Resort Spawn Casino has an event from 6 to 8. If you're a Raider fan and you want to go down there, there's going to be a couple of alumni at the official team hotel of the Silver and Black. What a week. We didn't know when it would be. We didn't know when half these signings were going to be. Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones. But we all had a feeling that Derek Carr would get a contract extension at some point. It happened this week, and it dominated the second half of our coverage here on Raider Nation Radio. Great job by everybody in the building, and thanks to the Raiders who gave us access to Derek Carr. Uh, For those who missed it, I'm going to replay it again on the back end of this hour. It's getting an enormous amount of downloads from the Raiders, and people didn't hear it, and they're driving in on Friday. I want them to hear Derek Carr, so that'll come up. Sam from Sam and Ash will join us next. We'll talk to him. I asked him what he wanted to talk about. A lot of things, but especially what's happening with these teachers in schools. If you're a teacher in the school system here in Vegas, I'm thinking of you. My wife's a teacher. I know principals here in town. we got to quell the violence and some of the insanity that is happening here lately. We're better than that, and it's over the, it's on the news way too much. We'll get to that with Sam coming up here in a little bit. Randy Mueller, kind enough to join us, the former 2000 NFL Executive of the Year when he was the GM for the Saints. And he has an amazing podcast, The Football GM. You can get that at, at The Athletic. His website is MuellerFootball.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, football.com. And it's great. We get him heading into the draft here next week. Randy, thanks so much for the time on Friday. I know you're busy, and this offseason has been amazing. Where do you rank it all time? I think it's been one of the most active and most unique offseasons that I can remember. You know, I agree with you. I think in a, in a normal year, JT, any one of these deals would have been giant enough to carry us through the offseason. seems like we've had one every three or four days. So it's key, it's crazy. I think it's the new era of, of the NFL. It is new cap numbers. It's new team-building philosophies. It's GMs willing to take some swings and not be afraid if they miss. I think it's pretty good for football. I know that. It's it makes for some great intrigue in the offseason as if we don't have enough. Randy, give me a couple teams, especially one of your former teams in New Orleans that had cap issues and really had to spend a lot of time, not so much on bringing in new players, but getting their cap back in order so they could get ready for the draft and maybe bring in a limited amount of free agents. Yeah, I think people that say the cap is not real and that teams just fictitiously 
make things up. Nothing could be further from the truth, and the saints are evidence. At some point, you knew somebody was going to have to pay the price for what they had done, and I understand it. I get it. They've pushed the envelope. They've used their credit cards out of every person's pocket in the building. They've, they've put all their debt down the road, but there comes a time you got to pay the bill, and that's what they're doing now. So you see it. They've restructured deal after deal. They're, they're limited as to what they can bring in. For them to make a deal last week with Philadelphia like they did to acquire an extra pick in the first round tells you exactly what we're saying. They need bodies. They're, they're not going to make a deal based off any draft capital chart, so to speak, because the numbers didn't work out. They need bodies, and the only way they're going to get an impact player is to draft in the top 20, and now they've got a couple picks. So total different team-building philosophy. Um, I'd like to say Mickey learned from from me, but I, I don't know if I could have stretched it as much as he had. That's for sure. Randy Mueller joins us, the 2000 NFL Executive of the Year. As a former scout and GM, what was your calendar like between the combine and the draft? Did you start building your draft board now with the pro days finished, or is that still too early? You know what, JT? We had our draft board pretty much done before the combine even came around. I always wanted to know, in, before we got to free agency, what we could forecast as far as the draft goes, for as far as depth goes. We kind of knew where our picks were going to fall. So I wanted to get an idea of where our board was. And our scouts had been out, as everybody's are, all fall. So it was easy for us to build our draft board in February. Then we'd go to the workouts. Then we'd get the coaches involved with their evaluations. And some teams are just finishing that up right now. So it's been a process. But I think the more information you can glean as a decision maker and put together and get it sooner in the bucket, the better chance you are of making sound decisions because as you know, we've got to work free agency in conjunction with the draft. They're not co- totally independent. Randy Mueller's our guest. On the Football GM podcast with The Athletic, you ranked your favorite wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends in the upcoming draft. Are there any prospects that stand out to you or some that are even maybe a little bit overrated? Well, I think there's always some, and, and every evaluator has his favorites. I guess that's why Baskin-Robbins has 31 flavors, right? Mm-hmm. We all get the pick the ones we like. I love Chris Olave, the receiver from Ohio State. He was at the top of my chart. I've seen a lot of other people that kind of have him in the mix. I just have him later on in the mix, I should say. Um, the, the professional route running that he gives you day in and day out, for me, is hard to find. And I think if you've had perspective over the years evaluating, you really can appreciate how good the kid is. And, and so I love him. I would say on the other end of the spectrum, I'm not in love with uh, Malik Willis, the, the uh, quarterback from Liberty. Um, I see the arm strength. I see the athleticism. I don't see the um, really the instincts and anticipation to throw before guys get open, so I see him holding the ball a little too much. I think there's, there's something there, maybe on the, on the level of a Jordan Love, the way uh, Green Bay has kind of worked him slowly, I think that's what it's going to take for Malik Willis. So I think we all see these guys a little different, um, but that's probably the two extremes in my mind. Randy Mueller's our guest. Excellent. You know, when you're hearing a certain pod uh, prospect is rising up the draft boards, is that something that exists in NFL circles, or is the media responsible for generating that type of scouting? I think that's media generated, JT. I've never, in fact, I would guard totally against it. That'd be the mm-hmm. worst thing you could do if you're going to do your draft process 
any type of justice at all. I think the, the only thing that comes in late as information are a pro day workout and maybe a coach and assistant coach's critique of some late film that he's seen. So I would never allow those cards to jump around or go up a draft board, like you say, or make a guy fall down because they're, they're just, you've spent all year lining them up. So to, to come in with a last second change, that used to make me nervous. So I would always guard against that. Maybe some teams do it, but I think more times than not, that's just a way that maybe it's the media or evaluators outside of your building trying to catch up to what you already know on the inside. If they say a guy's raising the draft boards, it probably means he's already high inside NFL offices and, and another source is just trying to catch up, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Hey, Randy, as we wrap this up, I wanted to, you know, I'm in Vegas, as you know, and when the players got their first opportunity to meet with the Raider new staff and Josh McDaniels, Derek Carr showed up in the pitch black at 520 in the morning, and then all the stars were there. Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and, and I'm wondering what is it like when you make a coaching change and you're active in the offseason and you got new verbiage, and this happens all around the league, new coach, and they're trying to set a different culture with the guys who are the good culture guys in the last regime, and they're bringing in new guys. How complicated is that, especially for someone like Josh McDaniels who's coming back again to try it as a head coach after his years trying it in Denver? Yeah, I, I think it is complicated, JT, but it's also fun. It was the, the really the best time for me, and I've taken over a couple franchises that made changes like that, and it was always fun for me. I loved the attitude of the guys wanting to win, wanting to change, wanting to change things up, and that has no you know, effect on the guys that were there or the processes they used in the past, but I think there's a certain freshness about it. Um, I think from this day on, it's how quickly – Josh can get them to come together as much as it is about adding more assets and more players. So the coach's jobs are to get people to come together now, and and he's going to have this spring and summer to do that. It's the rest of the front office's job to continue to add players and tweak it. But I think it's a fun time, and it should be exhilarating. That makes me smile when you tell me those those guys were in there ready early to get rolling, and that, that bodes well for the Raiders. I really think so. And finally, the story of Dwayne Haskins and how it was covered initially in the media. You know that's, you know what just happened. We don't have to dive deep into it, but can you share with us as an executive when it happens that not so much a player passing away who's young, maybe you dealt with that or not, but a family member dies of a player and the news is swirling and it's crazy and you're the leader inside that building. You've got to handle it, make airline reservations, talk with your staff, help that player and that family. I think a lot of our listeners understand what it's like inside an organization when that happens. Yeah, it's really hard. And, and you know, you guys went through it this year with the Raiders mm-hmm. issues that they had. And it, it is part of the business. There's no chapter in the book for sorting that out. But as a people person, I would just try to take pride in that I'm just wanting to, to – to be there for someone to lean on. There's nothing I'm going to say that's going to make it better. But I think people find support and and people to lean on, comforting, and that's all you can do is try to be there as as an organization for those that that might need some help. And you've got to also get some people that, hey, it's above my pay grade to to sort it out. So I'm going to find the right people for, for people that are affected to communicate with to make them feel good about it, or they're never going to feel good. That's the wrong word, but make them feel better about it. And then nothing heals but time. It's going to take some time. It's such a sad, sad ordeal to go through. These teams, as you know, are families, 
and that's the closest thing you're going to get to brotherhood outside blood, and, and it's it's hard to, to really even be in a position like that. So I think franchises feel it. They're human on the inside. Everybody is. Sometimes fans on the outside forget that part, and, and I think even sometimes the media forgets it as well. It's a great podcast, the Football GM Podcast, The Athletic. Randy Mueller, kind enough to join us as always. Appreciate you, Randy. We'll talk to you leading up to the draft. I'm assuming we'll catch you out here in Vegas. I'll talk to you before that or see you out here. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it, yes. Appreciate Randy. Really cool to have him. He's a sharp mind. And I'm going to look at his mock draft one more time before we get into our draft coverage next week. I get a little bit of a break here because every year I'm like buried into the Raiders draft. First round, first round. Who can they get? This year, we don't know. After talking to Dave Ziegler, what they're going to do, stay patient in the third round or move up into the second round, or will there be more surprises? God knows there's been a lot of cool Raiders surprises overall. We're excited about that. We are brought to you by Labor's Union, local 872, Vegas Strong, Union Proud, as they are our partner in and around the draft, Tommy White and the local Laborers Union, 872. I'm proud to be associated with them. When we come back, my friend Sam from SamAndAshLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. We'll go around Vegas, some of the legal issues. We'll tie it into sports. And Sam just got back from a big road trip he's going to share with us as we continue. Friday, Q coming up with a big show right after me on Raider Nation Radio. JT, what a week here as we continue here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We're brought to you by Remy Martin. Proud of our relationship with Remy Martin. Their VSOP, their sidecar. When you're talking X's and O's, do it with the Remy Martin. If you want to step up for the Louie, do it on a special occasion. I love Remy Martin and what they're doing with us as our partner heading into the draft. Wednesday was a special day for me. Got the call to go in and interview Derek Carr. Uh, All the years I've been interviewing him since a rookie to the Derek Carr show, to connect with him again was very important, very important to the Raider Nation, our channel, and especially to Derek. This is my conversation with Derek right after, I mean right after he signed his contract. He joined me exclusively, and I congratulated him on the contract and what the contract means to him and his family. Yeah, you know, it means so much. You know, it means, uh, you know, that we, we get to continue the only thing that I've wanted to do, and that's be the Raiders quarterback, you know. And I think, I think everyone knows at this point how much this place means to me. Um, hopefully, hopefully the no trade clause shows that I don't want to be anywhere else, you know. And, uh, and I, I've just tried my best, you know, to try and put it into words how, how special of a place this is. When you, got, when you have guys like Rich Gannon, you got guys like Charles Woodson, you know, you got... All of these guys, Marcel Reese, you know, these legends that have come through here, and there's so many more that have texted me. When they're texting you the morning of, like, so happy for you, you deserve it, man. And I'm like, man, I don't deserve anything, but I understand what you're saying, you know. Um, and I'm so, I'm so thankful that I can continue to be a part of a group like that, you know, um, you know that I can continue to represent an organization where some of the greatest players in NFL history came through, you know. And for me... It's a special opportunity, and it's an opportunity to continue to achieve the things I've set out to achieve for this organization. Let's talk about your faith and family. We have for yeah. many years, yeah. and your faith along the way with this process, but the community and what you've done and now with the mm-hmm. security, with this contract, I'm amazed at what you're going to do with some of this money going forward. I thank you for saying that because 
I've tried my best to encourage, give hope, and love this community, you know, because it is my community, you know, meaning that we live here, you know, this is where I live, and this is where Heather lives, and, um, you know, this is where we want to give our time, this is where we want to give back, this is where we want to help see, you know, men be exactly who they're called to be, you know, this is exactly where we want to see families reunite, and, 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 and thrive in their communities, thrive in their households, and so, um, some of those things take money to put on. Yeah. Some of those things take a lot of money to put yeah, on, as sure. I just, just realized, you know. And, uh, and I'm thankful for the city for helping us, the churches and the, um, the leadership um, in this city, in this town, uh, not only in Vegas, but Henderson, Summerlin, all around, and um, the people that have backed us and supported us all along the way. Um, this community has taken us with, like, open arms, like, we felt so much love here every time we go out somewhere. They're like, thank you so much for giving all that you have. Thank you so much um, for what you've done for our city. Thank I was like, like I, it would bring tears to my eyes if I, they're like, yeah, we didn't want you to be here anymore. <laughs> you know, I'd be devastated. You know, I'd be playing a lot more golf, that's for sure. <laughs> and the Bay Area and your hometown. Well, you were born and raised. Let's, let's stay with that. And, and now, like, the Bay Area, like, we still have a house there. Sure. You know, we still have family there. We still have you know, um, you know, churches and people and that we still, some of the money that's taken, you know, it goes there, you know, that we're trying, we believe in what they're doing there. And, um, you know, my hometown, you know, uh, obviously, you know, I'm down there. My family still lives there, my immediate family. And, um, you know, giving back there, my time, my energy, resources, you know, um, that's why I'm so thankful, you know, that God trusts me with this kind of money and this kind of stuff, because I know, I know in the hands of Heather and I, you know, we're going to steward it to the best of our abilities and, and put it exactly where we can help so many people. Let's stay with your family, your dad, your yeah. brothers. You're a little kid. You're playing football. You're learning to spin it. What are they saying today? What are, what are they thinking about on your journey and the role that they play? You know, I think about my brother Darren, who on his lunch break would, you know, from his work at Academy Sports, you know, shout out, you know, I guess, <laughs> um, in Houston. And he, on his lunch break, he'd come out and he'd run routes for me. You know, when I didn't have anybody run routes for me, you know, and I think about uh, my brother David and all he taught me and all he's all he went through to help give me a better um, life and a better realization of what it takes to accomplish certain things in this league, you know, and what it takes around you to accomplish things. And, um, you know, him and I talked about it. he's like, can you believe two kids from Bakersfield, California, you know, you know, it, it, that we were just throwing the ball in the backyard and now look at you, man. I'm so proud of you. You know, that means so much to me. You know, he's him and Darren, my dad, those are my heroes. You know, my dad, you know, going to work, you know, before I was awake and coming home as I'm going to bed, you know, to just to grab me out of my bed for 30 minutes. Let's go throw in the front, son. Come on. We got to get that work in. And and him loving me in the way that he has been there for me. Um, you know, as men, you know, those are the heroes in my life. My mom, my grandpa, I think there's so many people, you know, but, you know, my dad, he's just, I'm so proud of you, you know, and for your dad to say that to you, it means more than anyone else, you know, for him to say it. So um, it's cool for me and it's cool for my family that they get to keep their Raider gear and keep rocking. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's a great transition to legends in the game and heroes. Let's start with Flores, LaMonica, Stabler, Plunkett. Yeah. And Derek Carr. Yeah. Go through some of those names and the impact they had on your career. You know, I talked to Rich this morning, you know, and, um, you know, his support and, you know, um, you know, him sending me texts like, man, what a ball you threw on this. You know, just it coming from him is like, wow, thank you, man. Like, I can't wait to be that for the next guy because I'm 
there's going to be somebody after me. It's football. They need a quarterback, you yeah, know, and sure. I hope I hope that kid, whoever it is, gets to come in here and shatter everything that we ever did. You know, I hope, you know, they take this place, you know, to places and, and do things that is championship level stuff. And that's my dream that we could at some point leave this. I, when I leave this place that we do win championships and we can leave it at that level and that the next guy comes in and just takes it and runs with it. And you know, that's what I try to do. I've tried to honor, you know, Flores. I've tried to honor, you know, Mr. Stabler, you know, Rich and Mr. Plunkett and, and LaMonica. And I, as I've gotten to know some of those guys, yeah. the only saddest thing for me is I never got to meet, you know, Kenny Stabler. You know, that that's hard for me. You know, his his daughter's been so great to my family. Um, so thankful. You know, I try, I've tried to show so much honor when a, I, I break a record or I've tried to just show because I know someday, like, yeah, you'd want someone to do the same thing to you, you know. And so for me, I just, when I think of those names and the fact that my face will be next to theirs on a painting somewhere, you know, yeah. like, that's just crazy, you it know. Is. Like, for me as a little kid, like, I'm still in that kid mindset. Like, that's just weird, you know. <laughs> awesome. Mark Davis made this commitment yes. from Oakland to come to Vegas, build the best stadium, this world-class headquarters. Yeah. Then the off season, all yeah. these deals that are going down, what does this say about you and Mark Davis's relationship yeah. and what he thinks about the franchise going forward? Mr. Davis knows how much I love him. You know, he does. And I'm so thankful to him. I can't wait to, you know, I haven't, I literally, I was throwing this morning, you know, with all our offensive sure. guys. And then I came straight here. I haven't even got a chance to call him yet, you know, um, but I can't wait to talk to him and just, and just tell him thank you, you know, because not, not for my stuff, but for what he's done for this organization. The way that he's cared about this place, the money he's spending, everyone sees it. I mean, this guy's saying, all right, here, 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 win, go ahead, you know, whatever we need. And and as a player, our locker room, if I could express one thing, our locker room is like, thank you, man. Like, yes, like we feel like we can be one of those teams to compete for a championship. But obviously there's work to be done and it takes an owner that says, here, do whatever you got to do. Take whatever you need to make sure that happens. And I would just say thank you to him. But our relationship has been so great yeah. uh, from the beginning. Like the way he treats my kids, you know, when we were playing in Dallas, he's sitting right next to my wife, hugging her, like telling her how much he loves her, thankful for her. Oh, thank you for Derek and how hard he was. You know, all that kind of stuff. Just the first class that he's been to my wife and to my family. I'm forever grateful. Wrapping this up, you've had some great play callers, great coaches going back to high school and college. Yeah. Josh McDaniels is next level in regards to his accomplishments. In the modern era, no one's won more Super Bowls as a play caller. Yes. What's that relationship been like? You know, it's been amazing. You know, he's such a great guy. Um, I think the first thing I think about him is like, I just love being around him. You know, I think anybody does once you get around him. And he's honest. He's going to coach you hard. Um, he's going to love on you. You know, he's, he's like, he's what, what I've noticed all good coaches are. They're honest. Um, you can trust them. Uh, they're smart. They're good teachers. Um, you know, you can have a great scheme, but if you can't teach it, that's hard. You know, it's not going to be good for everybody. And uh, he's a great teacher. Um, and he's a special, special human being. I mean, he even, you know, t he was talking to Tom and Tom was like expressing, like, tell Derek, I'm so happy for him, you know, that he gets to work with you because Tom knows how much Josh helped him. And Tom expressing how he's happy for me that I get to work with Josh, how much Josh helped me. Um, you know, he knows, and that, that means a lot. When one of the best players in the world is saying that about his coach, you know, hey, Derek, man, tell, please yeah. tell Derek, you know, you know he, he's got a great guy, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, good luck. And, you know, that, that means a lot, too. Last one, you have a long career in front of you. Yeah. Around here, it's once a Raider, always a Raider. 
Where is your life at today, and what, what do you want your legacy to be with this organization? I, I want to be a winner, you know. I want to be a winner. Um, you know, I have been able to accomplish all the records, you know. Every time I get a record, it's, all right, but did we win the game? You know, like, <laughs> like that's you know, the hardest part is, like, throwing, we break the touchdown, an all-time touchdown record, and we lose the game. I'm like, I can't even feel good about it. Like, I just, like, I'm like, this this player, that player, we could have won right there. You know, I'm thinking about all those things, so... When I'm done, hopefully, no matter what, people can look at me and say that dude was a winner. And not just by hopefully what we accomplish, he was a winner even when it was hard. You know, he, maybe it wasn't in the win column at that time, um, but man, he loved that place. Man, he gave us everything that he had. And at the end of this, you know, playing with all the 37 different injuries I've been able to play through and yeah. only miss a certain amount of games, thank the Lord. Um, you know, there were some scary, you know, Mondays waking up if sure. I didn't know. Uh, but hopefully they can say it'll just be something where people were thankful for what I gave back to the organization. You know, because um, my goal is to win championships that will never change. And this just gives me another opportunity with another group of guys to go on a run. And hopefully we can do that. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you, Derek. Yep, appreciate it. Great conversation with Derek. I think he gave you a lot. And there's only so much he can talk about. Uh, This wasn't a deep dive into football and what they're going to do. This was a deep dive into Derek and Derek's contract and what Derek deserves in life. And uh, I think Derek deserved this contract. And to see his wife and kids running around that building, knowing that their family is secure, they got what he deserves, now it's on to winning championships. And as he wrapped it up with that legacy question, he will be defined by winning with the Raiders. Not the size of his contract, not how many years he played, how many playoff games and does he win championships? I think he's set up to do that now. want to thank everybody this week on the show who put the show together. Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap it up. We'll tell you about next week. I hope it's insane. I hope it's bigger than expected. The NFL draft coming to Las Vegas, and we're the only flagship station giving you this coverage. Raider Nation Radio Network. <laughs> On the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. What a week for us. Derek Carr with my exclusive conversation with him and Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders, as we're getting to know the new regime and the people behind the scenes. And it's all brought to you by SamAndAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Sam is back, my good friend, from a road trip that we'll get into and ready for this big draft weekend coming up next weekend. Sam, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm excited to be here. Great to be back. Good to have you. First off, what personally, I miss you. Tell me about the trip you just went on. Big trip, global adventure. What was it like? Yeah, so I went with my son to the Czech Republic. It's where my family's from. Both my parents were born and raised in Prague. And uh, I had an opportunity to go back for some family stuff. So we did, and we had a wonderful time. Obviously, a lot of people over there are uh, very concerned about yes. the war that's been going on. Uh, it's very close, right? You figure that the, I was about call it maybe 300 miles from the Ukrainian border. So that's like from here to, I don't know, Disneyland, not very far. You got to think about it in those terms. So people there a little nervous, Uh, you know, Russia's cut off their natural gas. So there's concerns of how they're going to heat their homes next winter. 
you know, a lot of lot of stress and uncertainty in the air and made me very grateful to be an American and to come home to America. Were there refugees? You hear about Poland all the time. Were there refugees coming into Prague? What is it like? What are you seeing with the fighting spirit over there? 400,000 or so Ukrainians now in the Czech Republic uh, as of a week ago. Uh, and you definitely do see a ton of cars in the city that are that have uh, that have Ukrainian plates. Funny enough, some of the cars are quite nice because you you think of this migration JT as being, you know, a bunch of very poor downtrodden people. But there's a thriving middle class in Ukraine, and and they you know they got their nice family cars and loaded mm-hmm. it up with whatever they could carry, and they they left. And so it's. You know, they're, they're people that, you know, in, in many cases would remind us of our friends and neighbors uh, here in town. And and it's just I, I had an opportunity to meet with a group of school kids, and I, and I just was so heartbroken that these kids 40 days prior were living a completely normal life. And now we're in, in, in you know, we're, we're hundreds of miles away from home, uh, you know, resettled uh, in, a, in a foreign country. And we're attending, you know, these these classes at school that were that were busting at the at the seams. So it just was was yeah. really a touching thing to see. Sam joins us from Salmonash Law, SalmonashLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. Give him a call anytime. My friend, my personal injury attorney, proud partner of our show, 702-820-1234. 702-820-1234. I'm happy that you mentioned schools. You know, my wife's a teacher, that's her background. And been turning on the news lately from a legal perspective and violence at schools here in town in Vegas are on a major uprise with teachers and students and police being on campus. I know you wanted to talk about it. It's very concerning to you. Well, yeah, uh, JT, I've been following the story because uh, we have a problem with violence in our classrooms. And I think the problem really is with leadership at CCSD at, at, in the, at the district level. Um, it, this violence is affecting students. It is affecting teachers because teachers are now getting assaulted. The latest bit of news uh, has been that the district has said it will begin issuing panic buttons to teachers in the classroom. And this in, – in, in, uh, I th- obviously, I think that district is now talking to lawyers because they're realizing that now that this violence is known and mm-hmm. it's, and it's on, on everyone's radar, that if they don't do something to immediately – uh, place the security and safety of teachers and students in a better place that they now uh, face even greater uh, exposure illegally on this. So I'm, I'm following this very closely. I think people, if if they, you know, if you send your kid to school, there's an expectation that that they're going to be safe, and and it's a reasonable legal. Uh, expectation to have, and same if you're a teacher. Yeah, I thought too. We were going to talk about this because. What's happening, and it's a mainstream topic here in Vegas, as Sam joins us from Sam and Ash Law, but also the car violence that is done on campus and the mistakes that are made, that's another big thing. Again, when, I, when, you dri- when you're driving in this town, very important topic, and I see it all the time, especially if I'm driving to the stadium and I go down a side road behind Spanish Hills and it's a school zone, and you can be going the legal speed, and then all of a sudden it drops down into a school zone. And one other route that I drive here often is I see buses stopped with their signal on and people just flying by those buses. What is that like? What are those cases like in general? I would think you'd be at fault if a bus was stopped and you didn't follow the precaution and the and and look at the bus and understand that there are children around it. 
Yeah, on a on a roadway that isn't divided, you can't pass a bus that has blinking lights on, and and, and you'll know it. It's got it's got the flashing red lights. It's got a, a lot of them have the stop sign that pops out the side. And and look, it's just JT. It's one of many examples where drivers in this town are not careful. And and I'm I'm sure that does not apply to any of your listeners. Mm-hmm. That all of your listeners are model drivers. But the problem isn't you. You can be a model driver. You can be a model pedestrian. You can be doing everything right. And some idiot is going to come along, and they will have made poor choices, and they will have have taken alcohol or done drugs or be on their phone or not be paying attention or be tired, and they will change your life forever. So the, the thing is I always tell people head on a swivel, whether you're a pedestrian, whether you're a driver, be very careful. You can never underestimate how terrible drivers are in this town and if something gosh forbid something happens to you the sooner you get help the sooner you get advice and and look no pressure from us we're not that kind of firm we will talk to you give you advice if you need us you don't need us we'll let you know but you definitely need to talk to us because we will help you figure it out and you can't just trust the insurance company to sort out the aftermath i've been telling everybody for years whether you've been in a car accident a pedestrian injury bike accident motorcycle accident you need to focus on your recovery sam is here he'll take care of it and you'll have tremendous representation 702-820-1234 tell me about these nighthawk games i know we're going to go to one what's it been like for you dollar loan center hockey to indoor football Football now, a lot of excitement in and around Henderson. I know. I haven't been to a game yet because I was out of town and I missed the first one. So it, the, I am I'm dying to go now. Ash went and our team went and they loved it. They had the best time. It's it's they say it's a different kind of football. You know, it's it's uh, it's not not the Raiders, but it is fun and it's mm-hmm. fast. And the, the the I can tell you this. I was just at a, at a hockey game last night. Uh, there at the Dollar Loan Center Arena. It is spectacular. I think anyone that hasn't been ought to go. Great atmosphere. It's intimate. It's about a third the size of T-Mobile. So if you, you, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's no upper bowl seats, right? It's all lower bowl. Think about that. So there's no bad seats there, literally no bad seats. Every seat's a good seat, and, and it's a it's a tremendous venue. I missed you last first Friday. I was down there. It wasn't the same without you. I look forward to getting out with you and <laughs> Ashley pretty soon, okay? Please. I look forward to it too, JT. Have a great day and a great weekend. You got it. There he is. Sam from SamAndAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. We love Sam. He's a good man. He's a partner of ours. The text line, I don't read a lot of texts. Bobby says, Bobby knows. He's laughing at me. I don't need to read people texting me. I have my own phone for my own texts, but everybody here raves about the Sam and X text. Sam and Ash text line. Bobby, because I don't want to go and see during – I got high energy during the show. I don't want people to think they're that close to me, but this text line has provided that for everybody who likes to text, especially in the morning. Just don't text and drive. Man, I got a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old who are driving. Wife reminded me, uh, new vehicles. What do you mean new vehicles? Well, we don't need them, but we got four now. We got my wife and I plus the two kids coming home. I told her again. The boys will share our cars, and they're not driving mine. That's for sure. So we got to figure that out. Uh, Boys are coming home as they're wrapping up school. I'm excited about the draft. I wish my sons were back home for the draft. That's the one big thing I'm really bummed out about, that both my boys at this stage of their life, and my son's about to turn 21, coming up here in May, can't be with me on the strip, and you. 
to see this, what I think is going to be a majestic sight. I'm selling this draft hard because I was a big part of promoting getting the draft. I wanted this draft to come here. Another thing we got right on the flagship of the Raiders. Now let's pull it off. Start listening closely, please, to all of our spots and what we say starting Monday so you can hopefully come out and see us as we are on the road. That's it for me on a Friday. Thanks to Bobby who worked all week. Thanks to our guest today. I was excited. This was a bigger week than I thought, getting the Derek Carr interview and Dave Ziegler and all the content we had from the Raiders draft as we went through the 90s. Next week, we'll get to the 2000s with some of the great Raider draft stories. Countdown to the NFL draft next week. Have a great Easter holiday, everybody. I'm JT at JT The Brick, and this is the flagship 